What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the pod. My name's Ari. Great to be here as always. Season two of The Mandalorian just finished up, and boy, what a ride it was. Today, I've assembled three of my good friends from Instagram here to discuss the season with me. Um, I've had great chats with all three of these people over the years, so this should be a load of fun. First up, we've got Nate, also known as the Star Wars Freak on Instagram. How you doing, Nate? Hey, good uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, secondly, coming onto the podcast for the second time, welcome back, Noah. We've also stuffed up the time zone, so he's here like half an hour early. So we thank him a lot. How's it going, Noah? I'm, I'm good. Thanks for asking. No problems. Uh, all right. And then lastly, we've got True. How's it going, mate? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. No problems at all. So before we start, spoilers are ahead for Mando season two. If you haven't watched it, go and watch the season. It's a load of fun. So let's start with everyone's just overall thoughts of the series. And let's start with you, True. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really happy with how the season like kind of came together. I think it had a really strong start and it kind of was uh, my main thing where I really like seasons of television is consistency. Like that's why I would say probably Rebel season four is like one of the one of my favorite seasons of Star Wars television, if not my favorite, just because of how consistent it is. And Mandalorian season two is definitely just very consistent with maybe like little like the passenger maybe was a little dip. The siege was maybe a little dip, even though I liked those episodes. But uh, overall, it had some really high highs and it it was really uh, a fun ride throughout, especially like the last three episodes. Awesome. Yep. Spot on. So uh, let's go to Noah next. What what were your overall thoughts of the season? I kind of agree. Uh, I, I really loved it. I'm not sure if I liked it better than uh, season one yet. I uh, probably have to rewatch season two to figure that out. But uh, yeah, overall, great couple of dips here and there but i i did like every episode there hasn't been a mando episode that i've disliked uh chapter five came close but uh not quite awesome and nate how about you you know overall mando season two was an epic ride um i really enjoyed you know the features of bo katan ahsoka might be a little biased on that one but um and then you know with boba fett as well so um you know honestly season two was such an epic ride i what what I really loved the most was that these characters coming on into the season, you know, not only were they fan servers, but they played a part in the plot. And that's what I enjoyed is that I felt like there was a balance between the two um, because if it's just purely fan service, then I feel like it's not going to have much traction. So, um, you know, overall, I'd have to say that season two felt very different from season one. And that's what I loved so much about it is that it had a different feel. We went to different planets and, Overall, um, I was very happy with the end result. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with all three of you. Absolutely loved this season. Um, you guys talk about like sort of the dips. And I think for me, Chapter 10 was sort of, it was definitely my least favorite episode of the season. I, d- I didn't think it was a very good Mandalorian episode, but I think by the end of the season, they sort of had started to figure out how to do those slower episodes. For example, Chapter 15, it, was a, it wasn't a very plot heavy episode, but it still felt like we were really still like going on with the story because we had that scene with Gideon at the end and then a whole load of development for Din and all that. But then also with chapter 12, we had um sort of a slower episode in terms of plot, but then, you know, we got, we checked in with Moff Gideon at the end just to kind of keep everyone reminded of what, what we're really like here for sort of, but um yeah, like chapter 10 for me, it was sort of like, it felt a little bit like a Star Wars adventure, which if this had have just been like a comic that I had have just read, I would have been like, that was great. I loved it. But 
for me, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to chapter 10, but when you've got eight episodes in the season, I think you should be moving along, like the plot should be moving along quite a bit. And yeah, so that, that was probably my only issue with this series, but also um, Nate, you touched on the fan service. I think there's been some Star Wars content that's come out lately that I feel like hasn't got the fan service quite right. I feel like with fan service, you've really sort of got to, you've got to like earn it. Like um, with a uh, Bo-Katan, like it really made sense for her to be in this story with the dark saber and all that. And um, yeah, like she was, she served a purpose. She explained the helmets to us. She like, and Dean really grew as a character from that episode, you know, with him taking his helmet off in chapter 15 and 16. So yeah. um, But everyone's kind of heard a lot of my uh, thoughts on the season. Cause I've done a review for every single episode, but so this will be mainly about you guys, but let's start like sort of going through the episode. So let's start with chapter nine, um, directed by John Favreau. I'll say this is my favorite episode of the season. Um, I it really kicked into gear. Um, seeing Cobb Vanth was pretty like incredible. I it, it wasn't necessarily about Cobb Vanth. I didn't read Aftermath and go Cobb Vanth's my favorite character, but bringing a book character into live action is just something that you know less than one percent of people watching Mandalorian would have read the aftermath books right I, I would say so um the fact that they weren't just lazy and put boba fett in the armor and they really like took the time to explain it i thought was great so um yeah let's go with noah what did you what did you think of chapter nine? First off i love that it was like what like 54 minutes around that around yeah. that runtime i loved that uh i kind of wish most of the season was but uh that's okay um it was a really cool opener to the new season felt like a mini movie i thought it was a little slow to be honest at times like the pacing was a little off for me personally um but overall like so much fun so much fun i I was so glad that Cobb Vanth was there and we kind of knew he was going to be there like there were lots of rumors yeah the same for Bo-Katan and Ahsoka but it was really cool to see and like you said like I'm I'm really glad that they didn't just cut right to Boba Fett like they did some world building they took from the EU that's always great to do. Um, the crate dragon, especially, was amazing. Yeah, the, uh, exactly. The way they went from the normal aspect ratio to IMAX. Yeah, that was I so didn't. Cool. I didn't even notice the first time I watched, but then I went back and was taking screenshots for my review on YouTube. I was like, "What just happened to the screen?" Like, I, yeah, I had to fiddle yeah, around with too. my computer because I thought I had broken something, and <laughs> I realized it was just the episode. But um, yeah, something else that. Uh, oh, actually, quickly on Cobb Vanth as well. Something that I love that Lucasfilm did is they didn't put him, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, anyone in the trailers because I love a good Star Wars trailer, but I hate secrets being revealed in trailers, you know? Stuff like that. I'm so glad they, you know, they just trusted that people would watch the show and um, I thought that was great. So, uh, True, let's go to you. What did, like, let's talk, let's talk about the Tusken Raiders. This episode really sort of developed, like, the Tusken Raiders. We've sort of seen this them as these sort of faceless creatures that run around screaming and hitting people. What did you think of them in this episode? Uh, first of all, let me just say, uh, this is probably also my favorite episode. There you go. Yeah. I just, I found it to be just thrilling from start to finish. You had the opening, uh, you know, the the fight club, and then they go to Tatooine, and then you meet Cobb Vanth, and that's so cool on a, mul- uh, a multitude of levels uh for being such a dedicated fan like the awareness of that and then him showing up is just so rewarding um the tuscan raiders i I just found that to be such a fun uh perspective that was so refreshing because you know you you're used to you know the tuscan raiders being the this hostile you know these savages and they're kind of that's that's all they are to the story especially in like a new hope 
um and so and and attack of the clones but it's so exciting to have them like be viewed in this episode as like a society like a culture like the gaffy sticks aren't only used for attack they're used to clean the bantha's teeth or yeah, I, f- I found that so funny like i, I yeah. laughed out loud <laughs> when i saw that i just think that uh and another another thing that's so cool about the way what they did with the tuscan raiders is that um it shows that din can be ex- it just reflects din's character that he's so accepting of the tuscan raiders that he's able to just like commune with them instead of just seeing them and attacking them he's like doing the sign language and stuff and that that was just a cool like angle on it and then seeing the the townspeople and the tuscan raiders like have to team up and i just thought that was like a, another layer that added to my enjoyment of that episode so yeah yep definitely and something else i loved was seeing like those binoculars that he gave them in chapter five like seeing them return that's just that's just good television like that's just good attention to detail um nate so first of all give your thoughts on the episode but then also tell us what you thought of Boba Fett's reveal at the very end of the episode what was your what was your reaction like so I remember watching the episode and you know the thing with me and rumors I don't pay attention to rumors because you know obviously as we know there were so many rumors thrown around uh prior to the season being uh shown uh you know with certain characters so I just when it comes to rumors I don't really believe them until I see it you know I'm like you know I need to see it to believe it so when I saw Cobb Banth you know, reveal his name and show up, I was like, wow, they really did that. Like, I was so floored and so moved because I was like, you know, I don't, I haven't read much Legends content in terms of Cobb Vanth, but I feel like on a general basis, if you're a Star Wars fan, you at least know of the name Cobb Vanth and you know his importance to the Legends material. So when he's brought into canon, not only here in Mando, but in Aftermath. It's like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, this is a big money move. Well, yeah, the Aftermath books were actually in the canon. So it was like, yeah, that was like something that I felt um, it started to finally pay off. Like people like us that, you know, read the books and the comics, like not all of them, but a decent portion. So just like a fantastic payoff. But um, yeah, any, anything else to say on chapter nine? Yeah, so um, going off on what uh, uh, the other said, especially True, he was talking about the perspective in which we saw the Tuscan Raiders. Like that was such a peaceful way of seeing them. Like we actually saw them as living creatures and people, and we never really got to see that in episode two. We just saw them as you know raging animals who killed uh, Anakin's mom. Uh, so. Um, it was nice to see a different side of them and it was nice to see a different take. Um, and that was really interesting and I really appreciated that. Um, and then with the crate dragon, I thought that was done beautifully and I could not imagine it any other way. Um, I thought that was phenomenal. And the thing I loved about, the, about that episode the most is, you know, um, it felt very much like Star Wars. Like the premiere was like, okay, this is Star Wars. Like, this is what yeah, it's like. This is definitely. the experience. And, um, you know, when Boba Fett showed up at the end, I was like, man, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't pay attention to rumors and I don't believe them until I see it. But when I saw him, I was like, again, like they really did that. I was, I was shocked for sure. Awesome. Well, true or Noah, does that cover it for you guys or anything else to say? Uh, I want to speak on the, the Boba Fett yep, ending for sure. teaser thing. 
uh i just thought that was so not that i mean obviously when we first saw the marshal we had no idea what we were in for mm-hmm. with uh like the tragedy um but i just thought it was so cool like not only i was already like totally into this episode like the ending he's yeah going off that, the sunset. Like, that was I'll perfect for me i was satisfied and then they pan up to the like the silhouette of the you know the cycler rifle on the on his back and then he turns around and it's like tamara morrison like that's just so that's such a great way to end it and then be so excited for the future of the season yeah definitely uh let's go on to chapter 10 the passenger i already sort of talked about my thoughts on this episode i felt like it was a good star wars adventure but i didn't think it was a very good episode in the mandalorian necessarily something i will say though is in my review i was very harsh on on frog lady um i I think i said something along the lines of i hope i never see her again um i'd like to retract that statement (laughs) um uh seeing her and frogman reunite was was beautiful but um look i think i was just frustrated at the time because i was so thrilled with chapter nine and then chapter 10 i i think it's fair to say disappointed me looking back it's it's not a disappointment at all it's it's a fine episode but it just feels like a like a star wars adventures comic still to me personally and i don't feel like it pushes the story forward that much um but that's just me uh true you start with this one what did you you think um okay so I guess I'll start with Frog Lady. I kind of respect, like, the... I respect, like, the risk of just saying, like, this huge million dollar, millions of dollars going into this huge flagship Star Wars title and having one of the eight episodes just be about, like, uh, transporting a frog lady to a planet. Like, I just think that's so... Like, such a George Lucas, almost, like, idea. That's yeah, very, for sure. Like just kind of oddball like just i i think i respect the like the idea of just attempting that i think is fun and then you know i like i like the spiders i I mean it's a slow episode and then if you look at the grand scheme of the season like it accomplishes some things i guess the main thing that i appreciate it for is like just especially given well i mean we'll get to the end of the season but like given how the season ends you appreciate the time that you have grogu and din together like and you go back and they have those little moments together like them sleeping in the same compartment or just like uh, just the little like sounds that he makes and the little remarks that Din makes to grow good I just think like looking back I haven't rewatched it after seeing the rescue but like I think I would appreciate all of that sort of uh downtime more and then um I love the scene with Dave Filoni and uh or Carson I guess Trevor yeah. and Carson Teva. Yeah. I, I like that scene where it's like the March of the Resistance remixed music, and yeah. they're kind that, of like Lud- Let's just say Ludwig Göransson. The whole series, the whole series, and this yeah, season so we had the match. Wow, him. yeah, that's great. But we'll talk more about that at the end. But wow, I mean yeah, the whole he's season. Fantastic. I, I should have said that last episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that scene where they're kind of like, that we'll help you, but you know don't like just fill out your parking tickets or whatever like that was kind of the gist of his line and uh, i find it to be like a fun episode you can sit down and watch it and enjoy it but uh it's definitely like lower it just if you look at it in comparison to like the epic like ahsoka bo-katan boba fett you know like the frog lady chapters like you know maybe a little lower but it's for it's it's fun for its own right so that's what i'll say yeah Cool. Uh, Nate, uh, touch on your thoughts. And so I'll be the first person to say that I loved Frog Lady. <laughs> I uh, I right. thought, you know, looking back, like I I like the heart and warmth 
that she brought to the show and the like kind of like the humanity she brought to it I guess um um you know as a as someone who does not like spiders I wouldn't say that it's my favorite episode um but you know I can get past it um I thought that episode had a lot of really funny moments uh between Din and the frog lady him not being able to speak the same language I thought that was pretty great um you know, and then seeing uh, the character again that we saw from last season who takes care of uh, the child uh, while he's gone. Uh, it was great to see her again as well. Can't remember the name at the moment, but... Um, yeah, Pelly uh, Yeah, it was... Yeah. Yes, her, yeah. So it, it was really good to see her. And then uh, overall, I thought, you know, again, like, you know, I think that someone just said this, like, when you look back on it, you kind of appreciate the pace yep. and you appreciate the length it took in order to get to the finale so i'd say it's like a nine out of ten episode for me um but um because listen again like i'm a total frog lady uh fan so uh yeah again i I thought it was great and um bad baby yoda you know like he's a bad boy how dare he eat those eggs yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah it's pretty hilarious how that started like a whole thing on the internet like for me watching it, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's a little bit messed up. But people like so mad, like, oh, this show should like be canceled. Like, how could he do this? How could they write? That's like, what? It's it's a little joke for a bit of a laugh. Like, calm down. Um, anyway, but before we get to know, I'll just say the, the Pelimoto stuff. People like are saying the acting's off. They don't like the character. I personally really like the character. I think she's a load of fun. And if you're gonna critique acting in this show, I'll get to this later. But I think that's the wrong actor to go after. Um, and yet seeing Dave Filoni back was great. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I love the idea of John Farrow just shoving him into an X-Wing every season, but like, like, no, you have to. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. And she's like, he's like, no, get in there. Like, come on. The fans want to see it. Um, anyway, though, Noah, what are you, what were your thoughts? Uh, so first off, I just want to say that the day this episode came out, um, or I guess the day prior, uh, was really tough for me. Like there was just a lot of school and, my day at work was really hard and I was just just completely worn out. And I think I ended up like accidentally staying up late for this episode, which for me comes out around like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's so 7, 7 p.m. today, guys, just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I was just like sitting on the couch with my iPad and my headphones in and I was like, oh, it's 3 o'clock. I guess I'll watch this episode. And it came at like it couldn't have come at a better time for me. It was so relaxing and just so nice. And it was like exactly what I needed to end the day with, <clears throat> even though it was technically really early in the morning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. Uh, first off, I want to say Doctor Mandible, extremely <laughs> underrated, <laughs> incredible funny. character, yeah. one of my favorites. Like I, I agree with everyone when it when they say it was like a little dip, like. Because it was slow and it wasn't as good as some of the other episodes, but I can't say I, I disliked it. I honestly had so much fun with it. It was just so relaxing, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, seeing, like you said, seeing like Din and Grogu just interacting with each other and him making the little noises. I love how in season two he makes so many more noises than he used to. Yeah. yeah. There's so much variety to it. It's great. Just that downtime, downtime with them is exactly what we needed. I think. Mm. Uh, and the, the music especially when he's like looking yeah. at the eggs i, I love yeah i was literally about to say that like i think this is the first episode we hear sort of like a a grogu sort of theme 
I might yeah, be wrong on yeah. that, but it's the first time I because then I think something similar plays at the very end of the season when mm-hmm. he's getting when taken saying away. Goodbye. Yeah, but, yeah, that's what hit me because like yeah. this episode yeah. kind of hit me pretty hard. See, yeah, that's why you go back and look at these sort of episodes and start to appreciate exactly. them because see now that Grogu's gone, sort of. We'll talk about that later it's time just like downtime like this you're like yeah i can really appreciate this obviously at the time i was saying like yeah i wanted the story to like just go forward but looking back i'm like okay like i can really appreciate Mm -hmm. this downtime now but yeah absolutely i I guess to add on to the eggs thing uh i thought it was a bit of hilarious dark humor i didn't really have an issue with it yeah Uh, i can i can see how it would be a little disturbing for some people but i mean they weren't fertilized so like don't most people eat eggs anyway (laughs) Exactly. Uh, did anyone else find it weird that Frog Lady just decides to take a bath in the middle of nowhere? Like she's yeah, just that she just really, lays a ship and really she just strips down. Yeah, right. She just strips down. A little, little too hot for Disney Plus. Yeah, a little <laughs> steamy for John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I was like, you okay, cool. Rating there. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I I couldn't. I was like. I remember watching, I was like, okay, this episode already feels a little slow. Let's do something. And then all of a sudden it's like, where's frog lady? And I thought, okay, something's going to pick up here. Like, and then she's in the spa. I'm like, what's going on? Okay. Anyway, but um, yeah. Okay. True. Anything else? Uh, I just wanted to shout out like two, two moments that I liked. Um, I thought the opening, the like opening, like fight. Oh, that's right. We forgot cool. to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the opening fight scene was cool. Like Peyton Reed as a director, like you could kind of, I, I got the feel for his style like immediately, like, cause that fight is just like very different. It's like pace different. And I liked just him fighting. And then the one guy, he like deals with the one guy and then like the jetpack thing. That was cool. And then I also love the moment where he's talking on the intercom with the two X wings and it's like, you're like it's like he's talking to like two traffic cops yeah. or something and then yeah. they go silent for a moment and then the, the s foils like deploy yeah or, and i love that moment because like you know what's going on and it's like this dark it, usually when the s foils deploy it's like a really triumphant moment but that was yeah. like it was like oh no i was like oh dear <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, that- all right yeah well we'll move on from that episode onto the heiress uh i'll just start off by saying I love this episode. People have, uh, I've heard people critique it and saying that it's a bit too action heavy and that's all that it is, but I think it offers so much more. Um, firstly, Frogman and Frog Lady reuniting was, was fantastic. I thought, I thought it was just so classic star Wars. Like in what, like something they said in Disney gallery um, in season one, it was like, it's silly, but it like, it still kind of takes itself seriously. And like, I just don't think there's anything else where you can see two frogs run at each other and you'd just be so like, you're just so touched by it. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I thought the Bo-Katan exp- explaining the Mandalorian helmets was great because obviously they were going to explain it eventually, but that was just the exact sort of explanation I wanted. Um, Katie Sackoff was fantastic. Um, the unimpressed Mon Calamari with the sweater was pretty hilarious. Um, and yeah, hearing the, na- the name of Ahsoka and the Darksaber be set in live action for the first time was awesome. So I'm just going to throw it to Nate here. I mean, all like hands off, like 10 out of 10 episode for me. Um, I was not expecting Bo-Katan. I think I had heard that she was rumored, but I never really paid much to a, too, too attention to it. Um, and so that scene when, you know, Bo-Katan and the other members drop down and save Mando from being eaten from that monster, I was so in awe and I was like okay 
was not expecting that. And I was so in awe of, you know, the cinematography and the music. I mean, again, Ludwig does it again with the music and with Bo-Katan arriving and Kitty Saka. I mean, I think it just, it's so funny that she just so happens to be a perfect fit for Bo-Katan because she was already the voice in the Clone Wars and in Star Wars Rebels. So uh, I thought that couldn't have been a better uh, convenience. Um, and so my favorite moment uh, from this episode was, you know, the name drop of Ahsoka when, you know, she says, go to Corvus, there you will find Ahsoka Tano. I was like, no way. Like, you ha- like no, no way. I was in shock. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, yeah, it's it's just one one of those episodes. But uh, Noah, let's go to you. Yeah, I loved this episode so much. Um, I I knew that a Mandalorian was gonna save Din once he was like trapped in there. Like, I knew that that had to happen, but I had no idea it would be Bo Katan. I was literally like yelling in my room when that happened, and that doesn't happen too often. Uh, that, that so that was so great. Um, the action in this episode was really cool. And I think I think it was deserved after um, chapter 10 with, with all of that downtime. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So especially just seeing like Bo-Katan in live action, shooting stormtroopers. And it doesn't look cheesy. Like none of the the armor looked like, like it was fan-made or anything, which uh, that, that's not a to uh, hate on some of the the fans who make armor because there are people who make very good screen actor armor but it it looked really good is what i'm trying to say um the way it translated from animation was perfect Mm. Uh, the little details like the knife coming out of the wrist yeah that was great awesome true what did you think i mean i'm i'm kind of on the same page with everybody i really enjoyed this episode i don't think it's like i don't think i love it as much as uh like a lot of other people do but i really liked it when i first watched it and for some reason it's like just gone down the more i think about it but i think i still think it's a really strong episode and uh obviously like the novelty of bo-katan live action is just so uh just such a cool concept that i didn't expect we were i didn't expect it to happen so early like when he was in the like in the water getting stabbed by like the Corrin, I just thought it was gonna be like a Paz Vizla or like an armorer or like a new Mandalorian that like saves him or something. But Bo Katan and then having her like her theme is really cool too. But like having yeah. her show up, uh, it was just like sort awesome. of like the dubstep type thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was. That it was it? like yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a cool. It was just like a type like dubstep type beat. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. Yeah, I think Trask is like a cool like fisherman like aesthetic like i like that like grimy sort of i don't know rusty aesthetic the seaside i don't know that was cool uh and i love the i like the action and stuff and uh at the long live the empire scene yeah like that was imperial, awesome. like the way the imperials were operating was enjoyable and yeah it's, it's a really strong uh it's a really strong uh continuation of the season yeah definitely like with the action as well i actually like i love like you know lightsabers all that sort of stuff but i'm not someone who just wants to sit down and watch 20 minutes of action um like the moments i really like uh, like things like it in the season finale where din takes his helmet off to gogu like those are like sort of the more the parts of styles that are more for me but this action was great i i like i for net not once did i think oh this skin boring like i was so sort of into it but also with the you were saying nate like how it was just such a good transition from 
uh, animation into live action in terms of like the actor sort of looking the right fit. I thought that was really smart. And I do wonder if they just modeled uh, Bo-Katan in Clone Wars to look just a little bit like Katie Sackhoff in case it happened one day, um, which is great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I I hope they do that more in the future because yeah, I don't know. Like I I hope we see more of that because I'm not the biggest fan of recasting. Like it it can work. Like for example, I think Olden Ehrenreich is an example of it working really well, but um, yeah, I like, I hope we see more of this in the future. I wish they could have done it with the circuit, but um, we'll get to that. But yeah, let's move on to chapter 12, sort of a slower episode um, directed by Carl Weathers, which was really cool. Uh, uh, Grogu has just a lot of moments in this episode. You could say he has all that stuff with the wires. He goes to school. He throws up all his cookies. Um, uh, th- we have the Mithril who is, pretty hilarious uh in in my opinion we have the dark trooper reveal that stuff's all good and we had that weird clone stuff but yeah i feel like this is a point in the season when they started to get those slower episodes sort of right but um uh, something i'll say sort of a critique i I don't like to be negative here but cara dune is probably my least favorite star wars character we've ever got i think the acting is pretty terrible to be honest uh, as much as my opinion um and there's the whole thing with the actor. Let's not get into that. But um, so when and whenever she's in an episode, I try so hard to just not focus on her. But there was quite a bit of focus on her here. So um, it, it always takes away just a tiny bit from any scene that she's in. But let's throw to Noah. What did you think of this episode? Uh, so I didn't love this episode, um, but I, I did like it. I think I would. I never got around to reviewing it on my page, but I think I would have given it a seven, um, which a lot of people interpret as like, me disliking an episode like when i would rate season one episodes with a seven they're like oh so you hated it i'm like no it's a seven yeah seven is good it's it's mostly pretty good yeah um but yeah this was really enjoyable i think it had one of the the best star wars chase scenes actually in recent history um that was really fun the whole canyon chase yeah uh always fun to see scout troopers on bikes like i don't think that'll ever get old and and when they crash into each other like riding down the mountain <laughs> yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was just a classic like imperial moment mm-hmm. uh to bounce off of what you said about Kara, uh i like i'm kind of 50 50 on it um i like her character but you're right like i guess the acting is a little off sometimes um which i don't know like i, I try to not not to be too harsh on actors in star wars because star wars has never been like the pinnacle of acting as yeah, far as like the main that, characters that is a very concerned. good point to be fair yeah yeah but i i guess like she she does kind of stand out sometimes it's like some some things she's great at some things eh, not so much yeah um, yeah like yeah to be positive for a second like i think when she's in action i think she's great but um yeah, yeah. the dialogue uh, and i mean that could be a little bit of writing as well i just think her lines are just a bit cheesy sometimes but um yeah anyway go on yeah um i thought grogu in school was really funny although it was, it was a little slow i guess for me um, yeah. it didn't entirely work but it was fine i liked grogu uh using the force to get the macaroons that was pretty great and uh the payoff later where he <laughs> throws up it was pretty hilarious yeah um i don't know what to make a, a about the uh the clones i don't know if that was snow or palpatine yeah. or what they were doing with that i'm sure that'll come back into play yeah i have those clones i still have no idea when you look at the concept art they sort of just look they sort of make it to seem like just sort of just bodies like i feel like mm-hmm. if it was snoke it would have just uh, like personally i just hope this has nothing to do with snoke or palpatine 
Um, I like, I don't hate the sequels at all, but I just want to get away from that just for the moment. Um, but yeah, anyway, true. What did you think? I, I kind of feel the same with Noah. Uh, this is like, you know, like mid tier, like very, very strong mid tier Mando. It's like a, it's like a seven, uh, for me as well. Probably, you know, I, I enjoy grief cargo. I enjoy Cara Dune, uh, my, like a solid amount, I guess they, they've, they haven't reached a point where they're this really deep characters or these characters that I really want to see come back into play, I guess, but you know, they're, they're enjoyable when they're around. And, um, I think the child's like the, all the gags with the child, um, are very strong. And I think Carl Weathers just knows how to use the, the puppet for Grogu, just like in very humorous ways. And, um, definitely I think the action is, I think the action is very fun. And, uh, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's fun to watch. I, I don't have a strong feeling either way on it really. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I feel like just the only thing that I that I really like about this episode is how well I mean I like a lot about it but the thing that they really got right is just that scene at the end because I feel like they find like a lot of the like smaller scale episodes they just don't feel like they connect with the story but that made me feel like it it the it had a purpose and like with the um uh I forget who it was but someone puts like a tracking beacon on the razor crest it's like okay like that's going to come into play and it does so um yeah but anyway Nate what did you think so yeah the siege didn't really do anything for me per se um you know I, I didn't give I didn't take away anything from it um but I will say that you know that ending um you know with not only you know those tubes um but also uh and you know with the doctor talking on the hologram about you know the end count and you know so on and so forth um and you know Din just being so shocked that they took you know the blood from you know Grogu um you know he, he definitely took that to heart um and and again like that ending with you know Moff Gideon and you know the dark troopers you knew that something was gonna come you knew that these dark troopers were unlike anything we've seen before in Star Wars and that they really meant business so I, I really love that kind of menacing you know evil vibe that they brought to the end scene of the episode I, that that just was like okay now i have even one more thing to look forward to so the siege i would give like a six out of ten uh again i didn't really take it take away anything from it but i'd say it was a decent watch um you know the scene with grogu in school was adorable uh puking up the macaroons at the end and that amazing you know dog fight with mando in the sky with those uh, you know fighters was, was really great yeah, definitely. And uh, it was just great to see Carl Weathers directing. I just, I think he's a great guy and a really good just personality. You know, he's, he's a great character in like in the show and just uh, in real life. But moving on to a, a big episode, uh, chapter 13, The Jedi, directed by our favorite Dave Filoni. So yeah, Ahsoka in live action. I mean, wow. <laughs> it, it was pretty extraordinary. Um, I'll be honest, I actually didn't have the same sort of reaction that everyone else did with like, they're like, Whoa, like this was the most incredible thing ever. I, I loved the Ahsoka moments. Like I, I thought Ahsoka was fantastic. The, yeah, I don't know the things with the village, like found it a little bit, a little bit boring, to be honest. Like I liked, I really liked just the sort of the samurai Western vibe that it had. I thought that was great. And it, it really felt like Dave Filoni, but um, I just wasn't a fan of that. Obviously it sort of paid off with the Thrawn stuff, which that, that main job blew me away because I was talking to, 
Nate and True earlier, Rebels is like my favorite thing. And that sort of felt to me like, okay, we're just, Dave Filoni saying, don't worry, like we're getting to them, like Ezra and Thorne, that's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, my favorite part of this episode, which was fantastic, was the training sequence with Ahsoka and Grogu. Um, I thought that was just awesome. And the the score at the end of this episode with that the, the sort of different take on the Mandalorian theme into Ahsoka's theme to finish off the episode, I just thought it was fantastic. It's on my Spotify playlist. It gives me chills every time. So uh, let's go to True. I kind of, I, I, I expected to have it be a hot take, but I kind of feel the same as you. Um, you know, I'm really, I was really like loved Ahsoka and I think Rosario Dawson nailed um, the feeling of the character. But I, I mean, especially the first time I watched it, I was very almost just like not underwhelmed, but I was just kind of like, wasn't at i guess i was underwhelmed yeah and uh i it kind of came down to just some things that i felt like that ahsoka would do or just in general that i just that felt off to me like i could i'll talk maybe i could talk about like later because i'll let everyone else talk because i had a weird journey with this episode i watched it for the first time and i had like a lot of things just stuck out to me that like didn't like kind of bothered me and then i watched it again and i was just everything kind of made more sense yeah and i think I about it more we had a pretty similar experience with this episode yeah yeah people like explained some of the stuff to me and then it came out and then one of the, my biggest issues was like if this was going to be after the rebels epilogue i just felt like her character was such a regression from that vibe of yeah like yeah. the enlightened gandalf gandalf the white ahsoka that we got in that scene i just got such a a vibe that she had like had this some sort of enlightenment that she had some this huge kind of character growth and so seeing her in the mandalorian i felt like it, it didn't match up but then he dave filoni said that possibly the timeline is yeah uh is different so oh, then that was I'm like so a huge sigh of relief for me yeah I honestly am like pretty much in line with you on this episode that the rebels epilogue thing was honestly the biggest thing for me. Cause I was like, please be before it, please be before it. Because I don't like, I, I, I want to, Ezra is my favorite character. I need to see that story happen. You know, I don't want it to, um, to just jump to like, Oh yeah, he got saved and here he is or whatever. I want to see that story happen. So Nate, I know you're a, you're a huge Ahsoka fan. So what did you think of this episode? I was just going to say, uh, <clears throat> if you've been following my account for, Sometime you know how I feel about Ahsoka. So, um, and I'll admit, when I first heard that there was some rumors about Ahsoka being in live action, I was super against it. I was like, she is strictly a cartoon character. I would not, you know, be down to see her in live action. I wasn't crazy about it. But seeing the episode, watching it a few times, you know, I watched it at midnight, which is one of, if not the only episode this season I watched at midnight. Um, you know, is it perfect? No, but nothing about Star Wars is, except for maybe like prequels. Um, I'm kidding. Um, and Rebels. But, um, and Re- <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no. Um, you know, Dawson, I think that she did a great job, um, you know, portraying Ahsoka. I thought that it was a decent portrayal. Um, you know, there were certain gestures and certain things that she did. And I was like, that's something that Ahsoka would do. Like I'm, because I'm such a huge fan of Ahsoka, there's little things that I would pick up on and, you know, just like her 
you know, facial expressions or, you know, the way that she would move. I just was like, yeah, like Rosario Dawson did her research. Um, and so I really appreciated her dedication to the art. Um, and of course, seeing Ahsoka with Baby Yoda, I was like, you can't get much better than that. Um, and, I, and I could definitely see where Dave wanted to do this, like, you know, samurai take on Star Wars. Like he, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they were just like, okay, if you want to do samurai, like here's your chance. And he took it. And I think he, in my opinion, he knocked it out of the park. Like he, it was very samurai feel, uh, very, very uh, intense during, you know, certain moments, especially that, you know, fight, you know, between Ahsoka and the magistrate. I thought that was great. Um, and, and, you know, seeing again, like, you know, Dawson, again, did her research, you know, with, you know, the acrobatics of Ahsoka, like I was very to a T. So as a fan, and, and also just a quick note to all the people who, and again, you know, everybody is entitled to their opinion, to all the people who were getting all worked up about, you know, her mantras, you know, I can understand that, you know, they were short because of a production sense, like looking at it in, a, in like a production point of view, I can understand why her mantras were short because, you know, Dawson needed to do those acrobatics. And it's just, you know, when you are in that kind of, you know, situation, you have to work out the kinks. You have to work out, you know, how is she going to move? How is this going to be for the actress? You know, so on and so forth. So in terms of the mantras, I can get past it. I don't mind it. Um, obviously, they were short for a good reason. I can understand why some people might want like a canon, uh, you know, kind of like an explanation as yeah. to why her mantras were short, which I can understand. But, you know, from like a production point of view, I understand. And again, I can get past it. So it's a 10 out of 10. My favorite yeah. episode of the season for me for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like on Rosario, I just thought like just her little mannerisms were what kind of brought me over to like, okay, this is a soaker. Because from the start, as soon as she said her first line, I was like, oh no, that's not a soaker. And it doesn't look like her and it doesn't sound like her. And I started to freak out a little bit because of the mantra. I was like, I'm one of those people that's like, I don't go on this and be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Like, why would they not make? Uh, but I was sort of like, oh, it is a little annoying that they just couldn't get it quite right. But I completely understand. Like, it's just, it it looks goofy if it's not right. And Dave Filoni said something that made me like really be like, okay, it is, it is fine. It was something like, when you take something from animation and put it into live action, you got to take it into account when you're in animation, things are a bit more like exaggerated and don't quite happen the same in live action. So I was like, I, that made me sort of really understand the decision. But um, yeah, like the, the line that Rosario did, that was something like something about first, oh, I can't remember, but she said like, oh, good or bad, like they're always good or something. I was like, oh, I was like, that just feels like something Ahsoka would say at this age. Like, I just thought that was nice. Um, So that's good writing. But Noah, what did you think of this episode? Uh, So yeah, about the mantras, I'm still not past that. Like, I, I, I can, I guess, look past it. But uh, <clears throat> like, I, I've chosen to look past it. But there's just like a part of my brain for some reason that's yeah. still bothered by it. No, I'm the same, yeah. I can't really do anything about that usually that's not a problem with star wars usually i'm very positive about anything star wars aside from like a few things that i'm sure everyone is aware of i won't get into <laughs> but other than that i did really like rosaria dawson in this episode i thought it was great that she was actually like pursuing this role um that she was excited to get it that was just really cool to me um i thought she did 
the character justice. It, it was a little bit slow. Um, I might actually give this episode a seven as well. It's it's a little dull in my opinion, but there are some great scenes, both the action and uh, I, I love when Ahsoka is like kind of talking to Grogu through the Force, and it's just that that silence where they're just looking at each other. Yeah. That was really. I cool. was I was so confused at first. I was like, <laughs> "What are we doing? Why are we just standing around?" <laughs> but I made sense of it after a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about Grogu being at the Jedi Temple, to be honest. I don't really have like an issue with it. I guess I'm still just trying to figure out how I feel because I was under the like just under the mindset that he wasn't from the Jedi Temple, that he was just like raised maybe with other people of his kind. And I think that that's just me. Like that's just because I had like a preconceived notion. So I'm sure I'll get used to that idea. Uh, I love that Dave Filoni continues to like take inspiration from Princess Mononoke. He did a lot of that in Rebels, specifically with the wolves. The Thrawn name drop was great. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this episode. I mean, like I, I enjoyed it. I guess it's just a little slow at times for me but yeah overall like i i like it yeah, yeah that's good no i think i'm the same yeah um yeah cool uh uh true what it real quick what did you think of the the throne name drop um that excited me but at yeah. the same token it's like i am partial to the idea of the rebel sequel being in an animation so i'm, I'm like i don't really need a live action throne i like i mean i feel like the same about what i did do like i don't need a live action ahsoka then we did and i loved it so you know if it happens i'm i'm very game for it uh i'm sure i have all the faith in uh filoni to execute it well yeah i mean i don't really need that to be a priority i guess in the mandalorian and i guess all of these all of these new shows i feel like it's more so gonna be uh important for like the ahsoka show and just a little off topic my my idea for the ahsoka show even if it's like one se- if it's a limited series of one season then my what i want it to be is mandalorian ahsoka and then we see how she gets to where she is in the rebels epilogue and then we get a rebels sequel that's animated that's my that's just what i want that might probably won't happen honestly but yeah that's that's what i'm kind of like hoping for almost yeah. and so i feel like wow. thrawn if he doesn't appear he'll at least be like the driving force like his presence or wherever whatever he's doing like what whatever the magistrate was doing for him and like whatever he's up to that'll probably be like the driving force for like the plot of the ahsoka show or the plot of the rangers of the new republic show or whatever yeah it, that's an interesting point about the ahsoka show because my sort of as soon as i heard about it i went okay thank god we're finally getting the rebel sequel i can rest it's been announced so that it's funny you say like um yeah it's from mandalorian to the epilogue because out I, I mean i would enjoy that in in the sense that it would mean that the story just we kind of get more time with it but um yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited for that Ahsoka show because no matter what it is, I think we're either getting like, we're either leading up to the Rebels epilogue, like you said, or I think we're just going to get that Rebels sequel, which, yeah, I don't know why it has to be in live action at all, but I'm totally fine with it being being like that because um, I have full trust in Dave Filoni. But uh, let's move on to chapter 14, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, so Din takes Grogu to Tython and straight away, because I, I thought that the pattern of the show had kind of been a very like... Uh, exciting episode to a slower one and then exciting to slow so i just went all right we're going to kind of slow down a bit i was expecting another chapter 10 type episode um but no we he takes him straight to tython which i was so glad about and then um yeah the freaking slave one appears which was just crazy because i did not think that was going to happen 
Um, and yeah, Boba Fett is back. I thought we would have to wait till season three. Um, but yeah, Boba Fett is just completely ruthless, which is just so cool because you see him in the comics as just this you know crazy ruthless guy and seeing that in live action i personally love um but yeah he's a bit more honorable um which is cool but um i think we're gonna see a bit more of a ruthless boba fett in the book of boba fett but we'll see um and yeah fennec shand is now honestly like one of my favorite star wars characters i think she's she's awesome um just yeah everything about her i just i, I thought she was great uh, but i will say when they said um boba was like i think you know her and she's like yeah and i never miss i was like oh damn that was so cheesy but anyway i got past it by the end um and now i love fennec shan but yeah uh yeah and then the dark troopers take grogu and the slave one blows up so pretty eventful episode so yeah let's start with nate what did you think well at the end of you know the last episode when ahsoka said go to tython i went nuts because as a fan of the old republic you would know that tython is one of the first home worlds of the jedi temple and so I just went ballistic. I was like, this is nuts. And so I'm going to admit that, like, when I saw Tython, I, I think maybe I got my hopes up a little too much because I was expecting to see some, like, Jedi ruins and see some, like, you know, major Jedi temple. But I have to remember that, one, you know, you know when you're taking something from one platform to another, and kind of like what Dave Filoni said about Ahsoka, it's going to look different. So my idea of what, you know, uh, the planet might look like is, you know is completely different from what we saw so it definitely looked like a very downgrade you know low budgeted you know um, scenery uh, for Tython uh, but it was still fine you know I still enjoyed it and you know seeing Grogu meditate was something that I didn't know I needed in my life and now it's my screensaver for my laptop um, so like that's really cool um, and then you know you know the intensity which is what I really liked of, you know, when Din and Fennec are running up to the hill and they're trying to get to Grogu and, you know, you think, you know, that they're going to get it and then they don't. And it's just this like really unfortunate. And, and you know, it's called a tragedy for a reason. Right. So, um, you know, and then, of course, Fennec coming back. I mean, who doesn't love, you know, the actress like she she's yeah. just and I think she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's really great. And the fact that she's able to bring, you know, the acrobatics into it as well, because it definitely has that like Mulan vibe to it sometimes I feel. And I, and I, and I really love that. Um, and then of course, you know, you have Boba Fett, which, you know, him coming back once more and in a very epic way um, was something that I think a lot of fans wanted. And man, Tamora Morrison like received. And I thought he did really excellent job action wise. Um, seeing him come back and being the slave one and just honestly like a 9 out of 10 episode for me I thought it was very eventful and um, and then of course seeing you know Grogu uh, at the end you know in those tiny little shackles I was like do they just have like yeah, tiny baby why, shackles just why did they lying around <laughs> they're like in case know, we like, capture a baby we need them like yeah <laughs> just, just in case we capture you know some sort of baby we need to have you know, this separate section of baby yeah. shackles. I thought that was kind of odd, but uh, how, how they had it so ready. <laughs> Classic Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Boba suiting up was just incredible. If, if I had one criticism of this episode, I'd say that um, when Grogu got taken away, I completely understand that Dean is a very, he's wearing a mask first, first, so it's hard for him to show his emotion. 
Um, and he's just not a very emotional person. That's sort of just how he's been raised. But I sort of just wanted to see some sort of body language and maybe other people saw it personally. I thought he looked just a little bit stale. I could tell that he was upset, but he was just a bit like, I wanted to see him like, do like, Oh no, like put his arms on his head or something like that. But, um, besides that, yeah, great episode. So yeah, Noah, what did you think? Okay. First off about the Tython thing, um, I want to try and explain something, so just bear with me. This is just me, so no it, no one else probably thinks this way, but I was also expecting Tython to be to look a little different, to look a little like cooler, I guess, but I also have like no experience with Tython in Legends or even in like Canon because I think it was in like what the Vader Do- comic or the Afro Do- comic? Dr. Afro, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't I, so I had no idea what it was going to look like. I just knew, oh, Jedi Ruins is going to look really cool. And it, like, it looked fine, but it didn't really look like what I expected. But I think I was okay with that because, and I think it's because I was raised on Star Trek, which is like, if you look at the original series, the budget was very like low. Um, and so like you'd go to planets and it would either be like very obviously a set or just like some backlot. And uh, so you'd go to like Vulcan, I guess, in like the show, and then you go to Vulcan in one of the movies and it would look so much better because it has a bigger budget. And so I think that like kind of translated to this and I'm like, I I feel like I almost got some kind of nostalgia for it, if that makes any sense at all. Like, oh, if Tython appeared in a movie, we'd see like a different part of the planet and it would maybe look cooler. So this is just like one part of Tython that looks more like they just kind of went to some random spot in California and filmed it. Yeah. Um, which sounds like a criticism, but like, honestly, I, I didn't really mind that much, but that's just me anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah well, just, just, just quickly though, that the Tython thing, I, cause people were saying it felt fan filmy and I thought, yeah, it did, but I actually sort of liked that. Like, I don't know why, yeah, but seeing, yeah. seeing a fan film vibe in actual Star Wars, I was like, that's pretty cool. But yeah, like, because I knew it from the, the Afro comics and it was like all snowy, had these massive like statues. I was expecting that. So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, but the, the as soon as Boba Fett came in, I completely forgot about it, to be honest. So yeah, go on with your Boba Fett talk. Yeah, Boba Fett. Uh, like I knew it was coming. It was at the end of episode, uh, the first episode of the season. And uh, I think deep down, I knew it had to be Boba Fett in uh, season one. Just because of the the boot, the sound of the boots, and then the little uh, that that sound effect that's from the original trilogy. Yeah, there's like two two hints there, and a lot of people didn't pick up on it. I think I subconsciously did, but I wasn't like, oh, that's Boba Fett. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm, so yeah, it was coming, but it still it was very surprising to me. I didn't expect it to happen this early. I think I expected it to happen at the finale, honestly. Uh, but so glad to see. Tamir Morrison back as Boba Fett. He was he was just crazy with the gaffy stick. Oh yeah, I love the way Rodriguez filmed it. It was very over the top and very stylized, but I think that was like perfect, like just the perfect way to make his reintroduction very memorable. Yeah, and of course once once he gets his armor, it's just all downhill from there for the stormtroopers. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but so also great. yeah with Rodriguez as well. I was thrilled when they announced that he'd be a part of the book of Boba Fett. I thought he did such a good job with this episode. Me too. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other thoughts? 
Um, yeah, I guess like like uh, what y'all were saying, I think I would have liked if Din was let out like a no, like when uh, yeah. Baby Yoda got taken away. But yeah. I, th- I, I, I thought that it was fine. Like he said, he's wearing a mask. The yeah. moment where he's digging exactly. through the rubble and he picks up the ball, that was a really, really touching moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked sure. seeing I liked seeing Boba Fett kind of like look at him while he's like digging through the rubble and like holding that spear and you kind of cut to a, a shot of Boba just kind of looking at him. It's almost like this silent like respect or something like that yeah. and then like he teams up with them like that's just mind-blowing yeah definitely so cool cool all right true what does you think i was personally blown away with it by this episode <laughs> like i loved it yeah uh you know uh, sometimes like just pure unadulterated action is like frowned upon but like this is just so it's just so fun to have an episode where the characters just chew up the scenery like it's just I just got such a so much enjoyment out of watching Tamara Morrison just kick ass. Like that was just amazing. Like oh, the gaffy stick scene and just the way that Rodriguez shot it, where every time he hit like a stormtrooper, like the camera would kind of like go down with the stormtrooper or something. Just the way that the camera moved, like was so cool and just so like new to Star Wars. Uh, and I just love. I just got so much uh i had so much fun with that and i mean fennec shan coming back was nice because that was like redemption of chapter five chapter five which i that's like the only episode that i dislike yeah and uh this episode improved that in a few ways like the ending cliffhanger and stuff but like yeah i mean you know tython i i can see like that was kind of maybe a little underwhelming like the lack of uh, focus on like the Jedi Temple. I guess it was just kind of like one stone, <laughs> and kind of onto Boba Fett and the Slave One and Fennec Shand and action and stuff. But I'm not really complaining because that that was like the meat and potatoes of the episode anyway. And like Tython was just like there to like for them to fight on, so I'm okay with it. And then the Dark Troopers were so cool uh, for like the brief moments that they were there and like. their little riff that like is expanded upon in chapter 16 which is just amazing like the boba fett's theme in this episode just so good like the tribal like horns and oh uh, yeah when 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 he turns back to the camera like after blowing up the two ships and it's amazing that little horn yeah Yeah, that's awesome i really do i think the way that robert rodriguez shot this episode really really elevated it like people have a problem with the way that it looked like that it wasn't like color graded the the right way or like that it looked like a fan film um but i i mean i can see like the way that it looked like the complaining but like just i'm so glad that it was rodriguez because his style just it for some reason it was just like a match made in heaven like the way that boba fett fights and the way that rodriguez's films the action it was just so cool like the quick the quick cutting the quick pans to like the stormtroopers and then like Boba Fett using all of these different weapons, like using something like knee darts, like just that, just the absolute yeah. like joy of watching Boba Fett just destroy stormtroopers was just amazing. And I'll never forget like the first time watching it. We just, we just having such a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, like the, the three biggest sort of reactions I've got from this uh, season was Luke's X-Wing, Bo-Katan and, um, or actually Boba Fett, but also when the slave one came back, cause I just did not, I didn't expect to go to Tython, let alone have Boba Fett come back. So 
yeah, fantastic episode, and so excited to see more Boba Fett content coming. But oh, oh, I well. just want to say, I just want to say, so. you guys, um, you talked about the small handcuffs, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, I'm pretty sure Moff Gideon is just covering his bases if he has like that's true Meeber Gascon on his ship or something. Like he needs like the mini <laughs> handcuffs for like those like the Babu Frick type species, you know? Yeah, <laughs> not just for a baby. That, that that's a very good point. Still at large. Yeah, that that's actually a very good point. I didn't even think like it's not just babies. Like there's all sorts of creatures out there. I want to throw that in there. We can move <laughs> on. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, chapter fifteen, directed by Rick uh, Famuyiwa. I don't know how to say that name. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I think I'm just gonna say Rick. Rick is probably my favorite director in the series. Chapter two is my favorite episode of the whole show. Um. I just I love the way he just. It's hard to explain, and I'm not going to try to because it'll just sound like crap. But uh, I just really enjoyed this episode. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like I was the only person that was excited when Mayfield was coming back because I really don't like that prisoner episode. Like the other characters are so annoying. Those two Twi'leks never want to see him again. But I mean, they're meant to be annoying. To be fair, so that's fine. Yeah, I was so happy to have him back, and I thought he was so good in this episode. Bill Burr, who would have known that he's like a great actor um yeah boba's got a new paint job which looks cool uh but then the the real like meat and potatoes of this episode is like uh the whole thing with mayfeld sort of questioning din's beliefs and his philosophies you know what's the difference between wearing your mandalorian helmet and a stormtrooper helmet and then obviously that scene um at the table where uh uh, din's got to take his helmet off to uh you know scan his face which that whole technology is a bit confusing but um whatever but then uh we got a seismic charge which was a seismic charge which is awesome didn't didn't see that coming but uh i think that's fan service done right you know they really earned that sort of moment um and then my favorite moment of the series is din sending the message to gideon um because that to me is when din stops seeing grogu as his mission and starts seeing him as his kid he's saying you know i'm coming back to get my kid you have no idea how much he means to me and I had literal chills. I honestly, I don't really cry that much at, at Star Wars. This is the second thing. Actually, no, the third thing I've ever cried at. Han Solo dying, Kanan dying, and this. I honestly was like, wow. That, like, it's, so, it's such a powerful moment. Like that he's finally, we've had 15 episodes and he's finally like, okay, this is my son and I'm coming to save him. So yeah, I, I love this episode. I think it's fantastic. So no, I'm going to go to you. What did you think? Uh, this episode felt like a movie. I think more than... Maybe any episode we've seen so far, even um, the first one this season, uh, which I'm not really sure why. I guess it was just the scale. Um, It felt longer than it was. So uh, that's always cool to see. It's always neat to see how, like, I guess big this show could get um, in terms of scale, in terms of how many locations we visit in one episode. Uh, I really liked Bill Burr in this episode. Um, I, I actually, I don't really know him as Bill Burr like most people do. Like, I wasn't really aware. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. This. Yeah, I've, I've just always seen like, oh, that's Mayfeld. <laughs> yeah. And then people are like, oh, it's Bill Burr in Star Wars. I'm not sure how I feel about this. So I'm just yeah. like, okay, just an actor. I can't relate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's great in this, honestly. I think he's even better in this episode than he was in the first season. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. The, there's, there's just so much great stuff in this episode. All, all of these people working together, Fennec, Boba, Kara, uh, Din, and now uh, Mayfeld as well. Like you said, getting back his kid, not his mission, but like his kid now. Yeah. 
Um, I love the joke with Boba Fett. Like, oh, they, they might recognize my face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Din didn't get it. Yeah. He was just <laughs> like funny. under the helmet. He was just like, okay. He's like, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the juggernaut thing was great. Uh, the whole Rhydonium thing. Um, a lot of like the more philosophical stuff like oh like these people like they don't see us as a empire or new republic we're just people taking over their land and then like oh like you know does what like you said the whole helmet thing like uh does it matter what kind of helmet you wear or like is it just you can't show your face because there's a difference yeah Um, yeah and and, like we all yeah like there's a difference like you know yeah yeah well like we all like cross that line at some point like really interesting stuff um i guess that whole technology the face scanning technology was the equivalent of uh you know prove you're not a robot yeah it's literally Uh, like the the test you take on google like click which one has a bus in it or whatever yeah 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 (laughs) um uh, but yeah, there were lots of great moments of tension here. I loved seeing the whole bit with like the stormtroopers, like being the good guys, like saving the main character. Yeah, and no, no, no. like, oh, that, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see, seeing like all these like, um, all all these like kind of grungy imperial workers getting like you know the idea once again that like not everyone in the empire is bad; they're just doing a job, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got guys like that that officer who are like they're just pure evil and yeah. uh, there was so much tension in that moment and uh <laughs> i was surprised when uh mayfield offed him like that but that was a great moment yeah yeah um, definitely and when when he says something like oh like i never saw your face and dean is like trying to sort of be like thank you like i appreciate this but he's so just like awkward that he's just like like okay like <laughs> I'm Very thankful, but moment. like, I want to smile, but I don't know how to smile. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. and yeah, on, on, honestly, like Bill Burr obviously was fantastic, but I thought um, Pedro Pascal, like he's just such a good actor. Like people don't realize how much he has to like give to this role. It's cause it's so much about the physicality. He doesn't just walk around in a suit. He has to like, you know, it's about so much more than that. And he finally, people saying, Oh, he felt weird. I thought I was like that is exactly how I felt Dean would exactly. be without his mask. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was great. He's so uncomfortable. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I said this in my review. It's like imagine walking around the shops with your pants off. That's pretty much what how Dean felt. You know, yeah. like he, he felt really naked at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I'll throw it to you, True. And also, uh, while you're giving your thoughts, touch on the uh, the pirate thing. So I want to talk about this because this is one of those things in Star Wars where even when Mayfield, he's like, he's like, I'm going to shoot you because I'm so upset about how you you killed my whole uh, fleet or whatever. But then he goes, all right, so I'm going to destroy the the factory with thousands of troops in it or whatever. I mean, am I like wrong in thinking that he's sort of just being a little bit of a hypocrite? I understand. I understand what it's doing. It's like he's finally getting his revenge and he's, he can sleep at night and all that. But um, but then also with the pirates, they're just they just killed these pilots that were trying to like save that the, these pirates that were trying to save um, the planet. I don't know. What did you think of that? True. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't really thought a lot about that. I don't know how much I can say on that, but like to me, uh, believers, like either my third or second favorite episode of the season, like I really uh, appreciated um, the approach to Bill Burr's character, like just the, the nuance of him like he just it was like night and day how much better he was in this episode oh, yeah. like just the uh, bilber's performance and then the script he was given 
like uh just him talking about in the juggernaut like talking about like you know everybody's all the same until things get messy or like yeah. he's talking about like like is the rule keeping your helmet on or, or not showing your face or wearing your helmet like what's the like because that's different uh, just that sort of dialogue was really interesting and like some of my favorite exchanges uh in the show and the action was great i think i agree with you i think fami yiwa is probably like one of the most gifted directors to work yeah. on the show if not the most yeah gifted. real real quick as well i really hope that rick is like has like a major part in rangers of the new republic because i just i feel like he would suit that show so much just with his style but anyway yeah i agree with that yeah i i I don't really i mean i just want him working on something like if that's yeah i think i think i agree rangers like that seems like that suits him or like you could do the taika like just give him a movie or just something like he deserves to helm something he definitely he wrote that episode and he directed it and like the right i think that's one of the strongest episodes writing wise like yeah but it it shows as well that like favreau writes every episode besides when feloni writes a few but he trusts famuea to write his own episodes which shows like the trust that he has in him so uh, yeah absolutely he should be getting more projects mm -hmm. yeah i mean just and then i i agree with you like maybe uh him killing the stormtroopers was like uh hypocritical almost but i found it to be i love the scene I, that's one of my favorite scenes this season is the the table confrontation between him and oh yeah uh valen valen hess like just the him it felt like a tarantino standoff just like that you know that one of them's gonna get shot or like some something's gonna happen but like they just keep talking and like he billberg it keeps getting more like fired up and you can see it in his eyes like he just his face just gets redder uh and it, it that scene is just completely like perfectly executed and like the operations it's a great way to incorporate something like operation cinder uh because like everyone if you're you don't have to know that event to understand like what he's talking about but if you're aware of like the battlefront 2 campaign and like yeah. the shadow empire comic yeah it's like, like with the Van stuff yeah yeah, it's like the, with the Cobb Vance stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Cobb Vance works well in the story, but if you are familiar with him, it's even more rewarding. Because, like, when he's talking about Operation Cinder, it just completely makes sense. Like, you completely understand, like, the Empire just turned on everybody that served them loyally because the Emperor felt like if he died, then there there needed to be a punishment. There needed, like, it, people failed and they needed to be held accountable almost, which really makes zero sense, but it's Palpatine, so... Palpatine's failsafe plan so but yeah I mean it just makes sense from like a soldier's perspective like Mayfeld how it's like it he's so confused and so like lost by that choice and like all that meaningless death which in the end didn't make much sense to him and how he has like survivor's guilt by being a part of like being a part of the group altogether like I just think this episode like it serves the story like Din helping Grogu but just as like a like smaller subplot to have Mayfeld this like supporting character get this great arc of feeling like he can like now sleep at night and now feel like he doesn't have to carry that guilt anymore I think is great and I can see like I can see like the hypocrisy I guess what you're saying like when he shoots all the stormtroopers but at the same time I think he feels like the people that continue to serve after Operation Cinder have like compromised their morals to a point of like they're beyond saving I think 
Definitely. All right, uh, Nate, what did you think? Yeah, so one thing you should know about me is that, like, uh, I'm a writer. And what I saw in this episode was nothing but uh, character development. You know, me personally, I feel like there was a lot of development between Din and Mayfeld. Um, you know, Mayfeld had his development with, you know, okay, so, like, let's start with him. So for him, it was, you know, about digging in his past. We didn't get much of that in season one. You know, we just saw him, you know, team up with Din and the gang to, you know, do this mission and whatever. And it was very brief. But in this episode, we really got into his path, which I really, really liked because it made me love Mayfeld a lot more than I would have ever thought I would. I mean, I never thought I would walk out of the episode being like, wow, Mayfeld is a really well-written character. And, you know, one of my two of my favorite moments from this episode are one when, you know, um, Mayfeld starts getting really deep and very angry about, you know, um, about all those soldiers dying, about all those people dying and, you know, talking about, you know, how, you know, they were all people, they all had lives. And, you know, you could just see the passion in his eyes and, you know, you, you could see like the fury, more so passion, um, you know, about, you know, having, you know, survived that and seeing what happened. You could tell that it was really, you know, scarring for him. And um, and then another moment, which I really liked, which True uh, just mentioned, which was, you know, when he explodes, you know, the entire base and he goes, you know, we all have to sleep at night. And that was really meaningful to me, that that moment with that explosion and then that line directly right after. I thought that was brilliant. Um, and then, you know, my favorite moment of all time in the entire episode was Pedro Pascal putting on such a great moment when he took off his helmet because I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I was watching that, I was like, wow, not only is that good writing, not only is that good character development, but that is a such a deep-rooted moment for that character but also the show because we know how much you know Din uh, is very strict when it comes to keeping on his helmet and you can tell how much he cares about Grogu and how much he cares again you know we've talked about this earlier about you know now it's more personal to him than just a mission he's wanting to get his kid back not trying to complete some sort of mission so that he can get some money it's not about money anymore it's not about being a part of a guild it's about a father trying to find his son. And that was really evident in that scene when Din takes off his helmet. And I really, as a writer, I really appreciated that moment of seeing Din take off his helmet. I thought Pedro Pascal, like, you know, should get an award just for that moment, and, you know, alone. Um, I really enjoyed that moment for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal has just done such a good job over the last two seasons. So now, uh, moving on to the final chapter of the uh, of the season, the rescue directed by Peyton Reed. We it got announced about a day before the episode came out that he'd be directing, and I was a little bit iffy just because of how I felt on chapter sixteen. And I know he does like Ant Man stuff, and I really like Ant Man, but I still don't think he's like my favorite director. Um, I liked this episode, but um. Yeah, no, I'm not the biggest fan of Peyton Reed, but I thought just some of the moments in this episode were fantastic. So, uh, well, obviously, like, it was huge. Luke Skywalker coming back, played by Mark Hamill. Um, everyone went crazy. I don't think I had um, the sort of, like, insane reaction that so many people did. Um, I was definitely someone who said, I don't want Luke in this show at all. And then when he appeared, I was like, oh, okay, that was actually pretty good. Um, but, like, yeah, honestly, the stuff at the start with uh, Boba Fett fighting Cosca Reeves and Bo-Katan, I thought that was 
that was great. Like all the Mandalorian stuff was really good. Um, Din taking the dark saber off Gideon was fantastic. It's, uh, it's technically not a lightsaber fight, but I'd say it's up there in terms of that sort of, you know, area in star Wars. Um, and yeah, the dark troopers were awesome. Uh, and then of course, yeah, Luke comes in with his green lightsaber when the X-Wing came in. Cause um, I think you guys know Ezra is my favorite styles character. I was like, is that Ezra? Like, cause I knew I, my first thought was it's Luke, but then when they weren't revealing it, I was like, wait a second, like what's going on here. But then as soon as I saw like one hand had a glove and one was uh, uh, just his hand, I was like, okay, that's no, Luke. Um, but yeah. And then we had uh, a book of Boba Fett end credit scene, which was not expected. Lucky I left the credits on because I never do. Like I watch the concept art and then I turn it off, um, but there was none. But I was sort of just sitting in the room on my phone, like, just like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? And then, because I was watching with my brother and he left. And then um, it came on. I was like, what's going on? And I started screaming at him, like, come back, come back, come back. Um, and then, yeah, Bib Fortuna has gotten uh, quite large. Him saying McClunky made me laugh so much. But, uh, yeah, it looks like we're getting more Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, which is great. But, uh, yeah, this episode, I haven't really touched on it that much, mainly because... I, I liked it a lot, but I think you guys probably enjoyed it more than I did. So uh, let's start with Noah. What did you think? Um, so I loved this episode. Uh, like, like you said, I was a little wary that Peyton Reed was coming to direct. Not because I think he's a bad director. Um, I liked Chap- Chapter 10 and I like Ant-Man, but I guess he's not like, he wouldn't be my first choice for like the season finale. Like Taika Waititi is just like such a great choice, I think. And then Peyton Reed is a little more bland compared to him but no actually i thought this episode was really really well directed um i might give this episode a nine honestly which is what i gave the season one finale um so much so much great stuff Uh, i loved seeing all the mandalorians walk into that bar um there's so much tension there i'd hate to be the bartender and yeah. four where, where do you reckon Axe Woves was? Because someone asked me this, and I just said, "Oh, he was on the refresher, and he just missed out." Like, <laughs> like what do you what do you think happened? Like, do like what was the actual reason for it? Did they just could they just not get that actor back? Or I guess I guess they couldn't get the actor back, or they have like a, a plan from the future or something like yeah, that. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. He was kind of missed, but it wasn't a big deal. I like the theory that he was he was on the refresher. <laughs> and he, he just missed it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like this episode is just nonstop. Um, like when, when it's not action, then it's like really tense or emotional moments. Uh, it was just really, really great all throughout. I loved the Dark Troopers. Um, a lot of people didn't like the music. I thought it was really great. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, Ludwig can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, with Ludwig though, when they when I uh, heard the first episode, I was like, "What is all these? What are all these flutes? Like, what is going on?" But now that we're two seasons in, I'm like, absolutely love it. It's like a it's like a new brand of Star Wars music. Exactly. Yeah, um, I loved the aesthetic. is It was very Return of the Jedi, and I think part part of that is because it opens with the uh, the Lambda shuttle, and uh, I love seeing the the blue lines in the background. Of course, uh, just little stuff like that, little details makes me love the show so much. The Imperial pilots were like very like stone cold, like just Imperial faceless, just faceless Imperials, I guess. I like that one of the guys was actually like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not with them. Let's make a deal. He just dies yeah. instantly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor bloke. 
Yeah, I, I guess like the only part of the episode that I'm a little mad on is like when they're discussing their plan. Um, I've yeah. never been like really interested in like what the plan is. It's just like, or yeah, just do it. <laughs> yeah, just do it exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that signals okay. Um, but once they actually get going, oh, it's it's so great. Um, the shuttle crashing. <laughs> All of that. Um, the fact that this episode managed to have so many, I guess, female characters in it. Yeah. A lot of them being like pretty old, I think, like uh, like around forty and over. Because uh, you know, when what is she like in her fifties? Uh, Bo- yeah, Bogtown would be like around fifty-five, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. look great for their ages. Yeah. Um, but I think I heard someone say that that like rarely happens in television. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I remember thinking it when it was like Fennec, Kara, Bo, and then um, what's her name? Costco were all like, I was like, wow, like this is great because super refreshing mm-hmm. for Styles. Like Styles is pretty good with that for the most part, but just super refreshing just with like TV in general. Like, so yeah, I thought it was great. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was very progressive without being like, I yeah. guess, overly like like trying to call attention to itself. It yeah. felt very natural, which I think Star Wars is great at doing it, making yeah. that kind of stuff feel very natural. Yeah. Like it's just always been part of the universe. No, no, it's all um, Kathleen Kennedy's feminist agenda, if you yeah. haven't heard. Exactly, yes. Destroying Star <laughs> Wars. I'm joking. <laughs> which I, I think other Disney properties don't do that very well at times. I think sometimes they try too hard or they are honestly a little regressive. That's just kind of my opinion. But I thought yeah. this did it very well. Um Seeing Moff Gideon duel with Din was great. I was so surprised that he won. Um, yeah, uh, same. That was my exact reaction. I was like, like, and no one else seemed to be talking about it after because everyone was talking about Luke. I was like, I know. it didn't really just win. But then I, the way I sort of reasoned with it, I was like, well, Moff Gideon is an Imperial. He'd be the type to take the Darksaber and then just not learn how to use it. Just be like, look what I've got, you know, and <laughs> yeah, not sort, exactly. sort of take the time. That's the way I sort yeah. of interpreted it. But I, I also like the theory that he probably intentionally lost to Dan. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. not that he threw through the duel for himself, but that he put himself in a place where he would end up fighting Din yeah. so that like Din would beat him and then become the ruler of Mandalore by accident. And then you have that whole like, oh, shoot thing with Bo-Katan, which is pretty good. He seems like like the kind of villain who'd be clever enough to maybe do something like that. That is true. Yeah. And also um, he is really pushing it at when they're all in on the bridge he's like oh no like oh, yeah, she can't yeah, take yeah. it like you know all these rules and i was like oh yeah okay he's <laughs> he might be up to something here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious as to how they're going to continue that plot line in season three yeah that'll be really fun yeah uh but i guess moving on to luke skywalker as soon as the x-wing popped out of hyperspace i thought it was going to be dave filoni then tara <laughs> says oh so like fun. one x-wing great i'm like Okay, it's Luke. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you really think a... it was Dave Filoni? <laughs> yes, I honestly did. That's so um, funny. Un- until they said one X-wing, of course. Then I'm like, yeah. okay, it has oh, to be. All right, yeah, okay. I can I mean, see, I can see what you're thinking. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so, so funny if they just they just pull a fast one on us and it's like it is just one X-wing and like <laughs> Dave Filoni just comes in with his gun. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, um, but yeah, that moment. Um, I know a lot of people have kind of an issue with it. Uh, it's kind of fan servicey i understand that and i agree but i can't bring myself to dislike it like cgi yeah it's a little wonky but yeah am i the only person that i just don't care about all this cgi stuff when rogue one came out 
people like talking all this crap princess leia i i go i honestly like i noticed but i'm like i honestly couldn't care less and like the luke stuff i'm like yeah like the cgi is catching up like in a few years it'll probably be perfect but mm-hmm. i don't know for me i just doesn't take me out of the moment at all i was like yeah. i'd like i noticed and i go okay it's luke like whatever it's like like I, I care and like i think the cgi could have been better but it's all just overshadowed by the yeah. the whole lightsaber fight the hallway thing kind of calling back to rogue one yeah it's just so great um yeah the dark troopers were scared we were like really they did a really good job at making them scary before yeah. luke showed up and then he was the scary one of course he was darth vader in that scene yeah yeah definitely uh, i guess just just one last thing before i pass it on uh the the scene where din and grogu say goodbye like i don't usually oh, cry yeah. in star wars but that made me tear up i'm not gonna oh, lie yeah. like, and the, the way music, the music, yeah, the yeah. music just kind of calmed. It wasn't like just the stereotypical like sad music. It was like the music just kind of stopped for a second, and then it was like that really like soft, like somber music, like the music that we heard in Chapter Ten. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's just perfect. Yeah, the music yeah, I think great. like was like half of what made that scene for me. And then Din taking off his helmet, and Grogu just kind of like. Just kind of surprised, just kind of taking it all in and then touching his face, like, oh man, yeah, That's so good, so priceless good. stuff, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Nate, you go ahead. What did you reckon? So, Noah, I just have to know, were you really let down when it wasn't Dave Filoni? I can imagine <laughs> your heartbreak when it wasn't Dave Filoni that came out of the X Wing. Oh, I was see, see, I was wrong when I said that that was one of the only times I've cried in Star Wars. <laughs> I was on the ground sobbing, oh, yeah, when I got Luke I instead of Dave How Filoni. Could they not have so done upset. Dave. Yeah, I'm okay now, but yeah. I feel your sadness. I mean, just imagine Dave Filoni out of an X-Men with a green lightsaber. I mean, that's I what we wanted. Exactly. Come on, Luke's, come on, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. That's not what we asked for. We asked for Dave Filoni with a lightsaber. Come on. You know, the rescue. So again, as a writer, you know, looking at this episode, um, again, I saw nothing but like character development. Um, seeing, you know, Din really changes a character in so many ways. And by the way, that theory about the Mandalorian being in the bathroom, I'm totally on board for that. I'm totally on board with with thinking that he was just taking a pee and he came back and he's like, you know, you pee for five seconds and you come back and yeah. everybody's gone. Um, he's like, oh, they, so, they, they left without me again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so that's that's definitely my theory. And um, now, um, and then of course you have Bo-Katan. I thought, you know, I didn't even realize, you know, Din winning the battle between Ma was so significant until he got to the bridge and he went to go give the dark saber to her. And then he was like, oh no, she can't take it. And I was like, oh no, like I didn't realize like the significance of it until that moment. It's kind of like the shock value where like you're so excited about Din winning this fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same. I didn't notice it at all at first. Yeah. But also what do you, what do you think, Nate, of how, People are talking about in Rebels, Sabine. Uh, uh, Sabine just gives Bo the saber without question. It's like, and she just takes it, doesn't win it or anything. And then here, she's like, all of a sudden, she can't take it. For me personally, I sort of think the fact Sabine never won it, so Bo sort of thought, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll, it's fine for me to take it. Or something happened, like the certain Mandalorians w- wouldn't get on board with her the first time because she didn't win it, and this time she's like, no, I have to do this properly, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What do you think on that? I totally agree. I mean, I yeah. saw a theory on Tumblr or something and someone was saying, you know, remember Sabine never fought for the Darksaber. She just yeah. found it. Yeah. And she was, and her only mission 
was to give it back to its rightful owner, which is kind of what Din thought he was doing too, but he did it in the traditional way, which kind of created some, you know, traction between him and Bo. Um, And so I really like that theory of like, you know, Sabine never fought for the Darksaber and she didn't want it anyway. You know, know, she never once was like, yeah, yeah, I have the Darksaber. She goes, no, like, this is not me. Like, this is not, I I can't rule Mandalore. You know, I'm only 16. Um, So uh, the fact that, you know, Din winning that fight again like it was so in the moment like, and that's what I love about the writing and like you know the music and everything you're just you're so amped up about Din winning this fight and you're like yeah like you know he's a hero you know you you know you go Mando dad and then you know that that moment I don't know about you guys but that moment when he walks in you know with the dark saber in one hand and baby Yoda in the other I was like okay that's awesome like that's all I ever needed in life now I can die happy like like if that's how the episode ended i would have been completely happy that over mando saying goodbye to you know baby yoda i would prefer that over that heartbreak okay like mm-hmm. I, I i would prefer that so yeah. um yeah so that moment between din and Bo was really interesting and i really enjoyed you know the manipulation that moff getting was like oh no like she can't take it and you could tell that he was really playing with her and she was pissed off she was not happy with him and she knew you know and she even said He's right. I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, the obvious Luke Skywalker. I mean, I mean, first of all, the fact that it was Mark Hamill, I was blown away. I was like, yeah. they did not just, obviously it wasn't him, the figure, but it was him, you know, with the CGI and the voice. I was like, that was amazing. That was mm. really, really amazing. And seeing Luke come in, it was just, I already know that so many, you know, fanboys who grew up with the originals watching Luke, looking up to Luke, seeing him mm. walk in in that heroic way was really monumental for a lot yeah. of people and you know what like i'm probably gonna get bashed for this but luke has never been on my top 10 favorite character list Maybe but after know. that finale <laughs> okay good great yeah. i'm glad i'm not alone yeah. but after that finale like you know watching that i'm like okay i think i'm gonna have to go back and watch the movies and then the mandalorian again because luke skywalker like that was just a yeah and and, and you know i was watching that scene when luke was walking and i was like this is not luke skywalker the jedi knight this is not luke skywalker picking up you know the lightsaber and you know going to you know uh, save the princess this is luke skywalker the jedi master that's yeah. what i felt especially and then of course we have that rogue one reference again you know i don't know if you guys realize this but we've gotten two rogue one references of the same scene in the same year both yeah. with maul in the clone wars yeah, and, luke right. and that and and i'm like listen don't mess with a badass in a hallway. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, and then seeing, you know, Luke walking in in the force scene again, I have to continue to give credit to Ludwig because he does it not only with Ahsoka's theme, but with the force scene. He works it in so well with the Mandalorian score. And then, you know, he gives that really hint of like force theme, right? And then he goes back to that, as Noah was saying, that somber music between, you know, Din and Baby Yoda. Um, and um that broke my heart into pieces to see you know din you know separate from grogu it just i know that we were all kind of leading up to it i know that we expected you know din to give him away at some point because of this, the way the you know you know the way that the story was going but when the moment it's, it's kind of like the saying you know you're not fully prepared for something until the moment comes like you don't like you could prepare yourself all you want but you're never really prepared until the moment comes and that's how I felt about that scene I was 
so so heartbroken but the acting again Pedro Pascal acting with um like with that baby Yoda Muppet like I could watch that all day or Muppet I don't know why I said Muppet Puppet is what I meant um <laughs> the Muppet uh, the, the baby Yoda Muppet um yeah no I I could I I just Pedro Pascal again and again like knocks it out of the park with his acting and I think he did he's one of the main reasons why that scene was so emotional because you could see the tears in Din's eyes like tears like that's another thing like Kadir tears coming out of Din's eyes that's something we never thought we would see like because he's so emotionless with with the helmet and then you see him take it off just for him and you see like baby Yoda caress his hand on his face and it just creates all the more heartbreak and how you know Grogu asked for his permission to leave when he looks up at him and then you know the little cute you know moment with you know Grogu and R2 I thought was adorable I don't know if they've you know I don't know if they know each other there's like a theory that they've met before but I don't, I'm not totally on board with it I mean I'm down for it but I don't know I, I don't know if I, I don't think so yeah I, I thought I, I, just I thought R2 coming in was a touch over the top like I I, I liked it but I was like really okay like we get it like it's Luke and R2 like it's great but I don't know like I I, I really do the thing that I liked about it was that that was what got Grogu to walk over because he was sort of standing back with Din and then R2 comes in with his friendly little beeps and then Grogu is sort of sold but yeah I don't think they knew each other before if they did I think that's a little silly but I'm open to it I'm just yeah, glad 3 um, didn't run and go oh like my oh my best <laughs> far out that would have jeez yeah i'm very glad to yeah can you imagine just c3po walking in and everyone be like oh my gosh yeah, I, mean, I, I love little... c3po yeah uh, i think i think c3po and r2 would have pushed it but i think r2 coming in was like this like additional surprise like oh my god like that that was a really cute moment um and then you know uh, I'm really worried for Grogu's future, <laughs> uh, where Ben Solo is concerned. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and then again, going back to um, you know, that scene with Kara and Fennec and Bo, and you know the other Mandalorian, like them two, you know, all those you know women working together, like that was a very natural, organic moment. Like it wasn't pushed. It was just this is part of the plan. We, you know. You know, yeah. they even said in the beginning, like, you know, we're going to break up into teams. And it was just the way that things were done. So I thought that execution was done well. I thought that, um, I thought that, you know, those women coming together and being, and Fennec having her badass moment kicking ass with the Stormtroopers, I thought that was great. And so, yeah. you know, honestly, like, again, from a writer's point of view, this episode was a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Um, Luke coming back was great. R2, the heartbreak, I do not I just kind of want to erase it from my mind I want to just kind of imagine and dream that baby Yoda and Grogu or sorry baby Yoda and Din are still together that's just my um kind of dream fantasy uh so just let me have it um but other than that this was a 10 out of 10 episode and uh can't wait for season three yeah sweet true on to you you guys, you guys covered a lot um <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> all good yeah um I guess I'll just talk about some stuff that hasn't been talked about yet. Obviously, like Luke, Luke is just like incredible, like surreal. Like you can't really compare that to anything. Like just such an awesome moment. Uh, like kind of building on like the legend of Luke Skywalker. Like, uh, and I think uh people have talked about like how this like like the action with Luke like 
like contradicts the last Jedi or something. Uh, but I think that it, like his appearance here, like strengthens that yeah, movie. I'm because, the exact like, same. At, I mean, yeah, looking at him, like yeah. try to get like all these people, like baby Yoda, like Grogu, like he's, this is just one example of him, like gathering these children and like building this next generation. And then like, you know, that that falls through and like that fails. So like, seeing him put in the effort here and like do that strengthens the plot line of his like yeah. sadness. I, yeah. I'm completely on board with you. This so like strengthens like just everything that happens in the last Jedi and like even just return of the Jedi. Like I think it's great, but yeah, go on. It strengthens the last Jedi like thematically, like, yeah. like you're seeing Luke it, like thematically as in like Luke isn't contradicting his character arc. And then also People have talked about how like having Luke come in and save the day and like kill droids and do force crush and like use his lightsaber. Like that's like contradictory to like Luke being like doing the force production and not, not wanting to like have a big, huge battle and like fight to the death and stuff in the last Jedi. But at the same token, it's like they're droids and it's closer to return of the Jedi Luke. And he hasn't gone through the trauma of losing Ben Solo yet. So yeah, I just think it's like weird the, the complaints on that, but I did. I love Luke Skywalker in this episode, and I think I agree with everybody. Everyone else pretty much covered the bases already. Like I think it was executed really well. Um, the dark troopers, I think, were awesome. Like I, mm. the theme, especially, has been stuck in my head like for the last week. Uh, or however, I mean, it's not been a week yet since it's been out, but like for <laughs> however long it's been out, like it's been just. Uh, stuck in my memory like the awesome like really trap like dubstep beat of the dark troopers and it's really cool it's such a cool theme like ludwig and then obviously like the ending themes like ludwig just knocked it out of the park this episode uh and yeah i mean the the action is cool like moff gideon i actually really liked moff gideon losing the duel early or losing the like being on top of things early, like halfway through the episode, he's like kind of the the taunting prisoner who's like, you're all going to die and I'm going to be free soon. Like almost like similar. I got, I got Pong Krell vibes in the like second half of Carnage of Krell where he's like, soon the Umbarans will be like, soon the Umbarans will advance and take this base and I'll be free. And that's why Captain Rex feels like he has to kill him. But uh, like, I just got Moff Gideon like taunting Bo-Katan like well she can't take the dark saber and like when Din defeats him and the first thing he says is like you're sparing my life this will be interesting or like stuff like that uh I really I really liked seeing uh Giancarlo kind of his range like he's not just the menacing villain on the podium like look how much better I am than you now he's like kind of like beaten but he still has like tricks up his sleeve and then I love seeing his like the build-up of him having feeling like oh the dark troopers are gonna come get you like like evil laugh and stuff like he's just this maniacal villain and then luke skywalker he somebody says like there's a jedi and his face just drops like the build up to that moment of his his eyes just like going wide and he's like yeah. oh crap like, i reckon i reckon he knew it was luke as well like if you're yeah. in the, it, someone with his like rank surely would be aware and he'd be like well well, I mean, assume Luke assume Skywalker. he knows everything, so he yeah, probably knows yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, cool. All right, um, that was awesome. We just talked about every episode in good depth. Uh, so quickly, we're going to give some overall ratings, talk about the future, and then we'll wrap up because we've been going for quite a while now. Um, but yeah, so let's 
everyone give an overall rating. Let's start with you, True. Oh, actually, I'll say mine first. I, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. People already sort of know how how I feel about the the season, though. It was fantastic as a whole. Um, there was a few dips, as we've said, um, in my opinion, but overall, if we got Bo-Katan, Cobb Vanth, Ahsoka Tano. The list goes on. Like it was insane. Luke Skywalker. So nine out of ten. And it's not just the cameos. The story was like, yeah, the cameos were great, but that's not what makes it what it was the story was fantastic um and yeah come up season three so nine out of ten true what 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 did you give uh i think this is a very strong season like i'm feeling like a strong nine uh as well like i think it was like i said i really appreciate consistency and i i think this season was very consistent with a lot of high highs and the fan service was handled in a way that balanced plot relevance with fan service with like pleasing people and making enjoyable memorable moments as well as just having it be relevant to the story and uh i would say this like ranks about where i would say like the quality of rebel season three rebel season three like clone wars season five like i definitely yeah, very high I would quality agree. star wars I would very agree. high quality star wars yeah uh cool uh nate what did you rank it out of 10 uh same with you guys i'm gonna give it a hard nine out of ten you know my you know, motto in life in general is always, you know, I'd like to aim for nine out of 10 because that way you have, that way you always have something to improve on. You always have something to do better in the future. And I feel, and that, and that excites me. The fact that I'm giving them a nine out of 10 gives them, you know, like an opportunity to do something better with season three. And that, that excites me because, you know, in my eyes, season two was, you know, you know, French kiss, you know, like just almost, perfect and like epic in almost every way and so I'm thinking you know doing better like doing something different and like extravagant in season three like how can you but show me because I want to see that so um you know nine out of ten um I I you know just the thought of them doing something bigger and better in season three uh just excites me so yeah again nine out of ten Noah how about you uh, so I would give it an eight out of ten, which, after all, you guys sounds like a bit negative. Why but, do you hate uh, Star Wars? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy destroyed Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's just like my mindset, though. It's like what Nate said. It's like I think I like giving things a rate, like a non-perfect rating, because I know that there is room to improve. Like I, I would view like a ten out of, out of ten as like the absolute like ceiling of the show. Like that's as high as it gets. And the nine, of course, is pretty close. Like I have some episodes that I've rated nine. Um, and so I think that taken in, into account with the episodes that I liked, but were kind of low points, I would give it an overall eight, which I don't know. For me, that that's still pretty good. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only, there's so few things in Star Wars I would give 10 out of 10. But um, yeah, there we go. Real quick, we'll talk about the future and then we'll wrap it up. Firstly, it looks like we're not going to get season three until 2022, which is very disappointing, but we're going to get the Book of Boba Fett and Bad Batch next year. So it's going to be a very clone heavy 2021, it looks like, which is cool. But um, yeah, real quick, let's go to uh, Nate. What do, Nate, what are you thinking of the Book of Boba Fett? What are your thoughts on on where that's going? What, like, what do you think of that post-credit scene and all that? Well, that post-credit scene was just epic in every sense. I was not expecting it. And uh, I was watching it with my friend who had already watched it at midnight and he was like, you have to sit through the post-credits. And I'm like, wait, I didn't know this was a Marvel movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so um, I remember watching that scene for the first time. I was like, oh, you know, it's cool. It's Fennec, you know, whatever. And then I see Boba and I'm like, oh, 
okay, I know exactly what's going to happen here. And, you know, sure enough, Boba takes takes the throne as he does and literally owns it. And then you see, you know, the book of Boba Fett, December 2021. You know, at this point, I'm just so open-minded when it comes to new Star Wars content. I feel like, you know, you know, obviously I had my feelings about Ahsoka being in live action and, and this and that. And, you know, um, I just... I really just want to have an open mind when it comes to the book of Boba Fett. Like, I'm going to be the first one, to, first person to be like, I've never really liked Boba Fett. I always thought that he was overrated. Sorry yeah. to all the people I'm, who are I'm watching this. I'm pretty similar. I'm pretty similar, I yeah. have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry to all the people that are listening that are obsessed with Boba Fett even before, you know, the Mandalorian. But, you know, I really did think he was overrated. But honestly, now, like, you know, seeing him come back in Mando and now that he's got this show, I'm like, you know what? Show me what you got. Show yeah. me yeah. this new side of Boba Fett that we've never seen before. This new, like, you know, revamped version of this iconic, legendary legacy Star Wars character that yeah. everyone has, you know, loved since 1977. Um, you know, mostly 1980, because that's when we really got to see Boba. Um, but, um, you know, honestly more star wars the better i'm 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 honestly just excited so you know whatever they've got planned and rolled up their sleeves um i'm i'm all for it yeah anyway uh let's go to uh true uh what are you what are your thoughts on mando season three what do you think it's going to look like um you know I, i'm personally really happy that they're going down the mandalorian route they're really sort of gonna show us what's gonna happen there um Personally, I'm really hoping we see Sabine because I think she's pretty integral to the story with her history with the Darksaber and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, what do you think? I'm anticipating the build-up to, like, another Siege of Mandalore or, another uh, like, the build-up to um, liber- just returning to Mandalore. And, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue that's like, oh, the like Boba said it, they turned it to glass or something. So I'm not really sure, like, what the state of Mandalore is. But I'm anticipating a return there if it's like liberating it or if it's just like going there and like seeing the ruins or whatever yeah. that looks like. I'm anticipating that's what yeah. the plot is going to be about. But yeah, like, we haven't and, like, really yeah, says like, that they're getting the Star Destroyer to like retake it, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, we haven't really seen Mandalore since like those season four episodes of Rebels. So it yeah it could be completely different i'd actually really love to see what what happened there because something obviously went down so hopefully we get a flashback or something like that but yeah go on with what you're saying i think i think we'll definitely get more like great purge uh like details or just understanding and i think moff gideon despite him being like a prisoner and him being defeated i think he'll still be an important part of the show i i'm anticipating an arc with bo katan because right now she's just been very power hungry and self-serving yeah and exactly definitely, i'm definitely seeing like uh growth i i hope that what they do with her is they expand on her growth where she kind of learns to accept din as maybe like the more like rightful leader or if maybe she learns to be like a follower instead of feeling like she has to be the leader or just something where she can kind of fall in fall into uh, a role that suits her better than maybe like forcing herself to feel like she has to lead her people and like she's already failed at that a couple times yeah i feel like i mean this is me i feel like people forget in clone wars when she's first introduced she's like a villain you know she's working with like a bunch of terrorists 
and like she spanks Ahsoka, like all this stuff. Like she's 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 bad. Um, so I was actually it was interesting that in uh, chapter eleven they like showed her as a pretty, um, sort of like a bit of a hero. And I was like, it was interesting because I think yeah, I totally agree with you too. I think next season we're gonna see like, um, some sort of arc where she has to come to accept Din as the leader, or maybe she will just you know be greedy and possibly die by Din. Who knows? Something like that. But um. Yeah, uh, moving on to Noah now. Uh, Noah, what do you think's happening with Grogu? Are, you know, are we done with him as a character? Are we going to see him, you know, get killed by Kylo Ren? Uh, personally, I think we've still got 25 years. Everyone thought Ahsoka had to die. I think Grogu is going to be just fine. He's going to get out. Um, but honestly, I, I already really miss him because I feel like Dean and Grogu's relationship was honestly my favorite part of the show. So, and there's so many other bits I love. So, um, it's going to be fine without it, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what they're going to do without him. And are we going to see him again in the show? I think, as much as I love seeing him in the next episode, I don't think we're going to see him again till like a series finale. So, what do you think? Yeah, as much as I loved that relationship and that was really the heart of the show, um, I. I don't think he's going to be in the next season, honestly. I think they'll they'll discuss him, of course, because that's a very, like, integral part of Din's character development and how it, like, echoes himself as a child being rescued by the Watch. So I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that he'll maybe season four, if that's the last season, season five. Um, I think that when he returns, he might be a little bit older. Um, like, of course, he'll be older, but, like, visibly like not a baby anymore not yeah. a toddler yeah um which i don't know how quickly you know the species ages necessarily so i've heard people say that years. they just they just hit puberty really hard like they turn to a baby and next thing you know like they're all, like they're talking like their, their voice breaks like yeah <laughs> yoda with a voice crack um <laughs> That'll be yeah yeah i i like the idea of the next season being about like this kind of bow and din issue that they have and like how they're going to solve that and then of course there's going to be the whole mandalore thing like retaking that which will be just really great to see um i'm really anxious to see how these live action shows are going to converge because i think like ahsoka and yeah. rangers yeah. and uh book of boba are all supposed to converge yeah. was they there said anything else or was it just those they no it's just those four they said okay it, they were gonna like lead up to a, like a climactic finish or something i can't remember exactly how they mm -hmm. phrase it but they're all leading up to a big event essentially so i hope that doesn't mean they all just end at the same time i hope they still continue but yeah i don't know yeah i'm, I'm assuming that's going to be like a big like one of the biggest events we've seen in star wars for a good it says, while it will culminate or inter intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event yeah there you that's go exciting yeah so yeah i mean yeah it'll be huge maybe that'll be like like true was saying like the next siege of mandalore something mm -hmm. like that uh building on what you just said like i could see i've heard people talk about like how all of the throw all of the shows like ahsoka and especially like ranger of the new republic could be like looking into the unknown regions and like finding th like each of them like are like a different aspect of like what thrawn is doing and thrawn is kind of like the thanos equivalent like yeah. the shows are like building to a confrontation with Thrawn. Yeah, Thrawn does okay. deserve that for sure. I reckon. And like, it's kind of like yeah. a Legends throwback if you think about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it's like really what Air yeah. of the Empire was about. Yeah, something I was thinking about yesterday. I was like, if if Ezra 
sort of serves as like the Luke of the story. Like I would just freak out. That would be insane. Cause maybe the Ahsoka show, they get, they get Ezra. And then in this big event, you know, you've got sort of maybe not Hera, but like the ghost crew, like Sabine, Ezra, plus like all the Mandalorian characters, then whatever range characters, they all sort of like come together to do this siege of Mandalore or whatever this big, like maybe Ezra, Ezra is the Luke of the story. Like the force awakens Luke, like they're looking mm-hmm. for Ezra because Ezra, mm-hmm. Met has been with Thrawn so long that he knows something about Thrawn that they need to defeat him or something. Yeah. I'm just I, that's that, completely like no, that's really a, out there speculation. That's actually like, super yeah. interesting because obviously Ezra is missing, so that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah I, I'd be very interested to hear like the reasoning for why he like is pulling a Luke and he's like, no, I can't go back because yeah, I don't know. I just be, don't know. I yeah. I'm like Rebel. The Rebel sequel is still like easily my most like anticipated. Oh, 100 percent the same. Yeah. Like no matter what the they announce, like I still just want to know like what Ezra and Thrawn. Yeah. like what that situation was and like Ahsoka and Sabine and like, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. This it, is a complete coincidence. My, my favorite character is Ezra. My brother's favorite character who I watch like all my styles with, his favorite character is Thrawn. So we have like a big rivalry of like, oh, like, no, no, like Ezra's fine. Like he'll have killed Thrawn by now, all this stuff. And he's like, no way. Like, I'm know. hoping for like a callous Zeb situation. That would be awesome. Uh, that That's one of the best like yeah. episodes of Star Wars out there. So, it would be interesting yeah. actually yeah. i never thought of that i never thought of yeah. like that zeb and Kalis, ezra and thrawn like i didn't think about that till you brought it up that that's actually really interesting i i, nice. I mean yeah. i hope that like they're they the pergil like take them somewhere where they have to like work together to survive yeah i think yeah. i think that's probably the most likely like we'll see something like that but what yeah. just the mandalorian like with like the magistrate like knows where he is or something so it's yeah like, kind of confusing like so many questions their whereabouts are like what thrawn is up to yeah but like i'm interested to see like what what happens like i mean i think everyone is but yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know how they'll do this but my my suspicion is that thrawn somehow has gone away i don't know how they'll explain that and he is the only way that uh ahsoka and sabine can find ezra so that but they need to find him first so that they can go find ezra i feel like that's what it's going for but then at the same time they'll just they would need to do a lot of explaining on how the characters got into those positions. But yeah, I don't know. There's so much good style stuff coming. Mando season three, hopefully a Rebels continuation, Book of Boba Fett. Listen, one last thought for me. I know that I've always said that I've like, you know, self-identified with Ahsoka and everything. But man, if I ever saw Baby Yoda, you know, have voice cracks, I would never, <laughs> I would not feel more identified than I would in that moment. That yeah. that would be the ultimate moment for me. I'd be like, okay, now I finally feel seen in yeah. Star Wars. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, true. Anything else from you? Uh, I just want to say, like overall, like I'm excited because I think, especially with all the shows that they've announced, like it seems like the Mandalorian has its success has spawned a lot of yeah more stories in that not only in that era but just in tv in general and just on disney plus yeah so i i think it being what it was led uh lucasfilm to go down like this path of trusting a lot of different creators with a lot of different stories and in mediums like television so i'm excited just because they have a lot of i mean book of boba fett like if they just announced singularly a Boba Fett show, I would be elated. But the fact that we're getting a Boba yeah. Fett show, a Soka show, it's sort of, Republic, yeah, Obi Wan, yeah, yeah, it messes I'm with not, the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's crazy, and like the and the Mandalorian's so good that 
like the fact that we're getting a season three and the fact that we're getting like uh, three different spinoffs that will potentially cross over is so exciting. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to, I think season two is just such a great season. One was such a great proof of concept. Season two is such a great expanding the world, similar to like rebel season two and resistance season two. Like it's kind of centered around one planet in season one season two. It's like broadening their horizons. A lot of new characters, familiar characters, larger plot points, kind of some branching out subplots. And uh, I'm really excited to see like, what the future of the galaxy is going to be and how this is going to kind of strengthen a lot of storylines and different characters and things looking forward to it. Yep. hundred percent. Noah, any final thoughts? It's just a great time to be a star Wars fan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like my dream for Star Wars is I think for the, for the uh, most part, we can take a break from the films like Rogue Squadron, all that will be great, I'm sure. And I'm looking forward to it. But my dream is that we have one episode of Star Wars a week, like just to perfectly sort of feed us. Like we got like eight weeks of The Mandalorian, then The Bad Batch. That's like another 12 weeks or whatever. I just, that is, I know people think like, oh, that's too much. But, I, you know, like like for three months, that's like one season of a show, like pretty spread out. I think that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, I'm so so happy with where it's going, where everything's going uh, in Star Wars and the Mandalorian world, all that. But yeah, look, that just about wraps up the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a nice uh, last two hours chatting with you guys. Um, yeah, obviously we had a little bit of stuff up with the time zones and all that, but uh, we're good now. Uh, Noah, thank you so much for coming on like half an hour early, man. Appreciate that so oh, yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Um, but yeah. Guys, like, yeah, thank you so much again. Uh, before we go, just make sure you plug anything you need to. So, Noah, I'll start with you. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Star Warrior. Um, I think I deleted all my other social media, so <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, uh, true. Um, my main place people can follow me is uh, star.wars.dude on Instagram. And in my bio there, you can join my Discord server, which is very new and i'm very active on there so if you want to contact me that's the best place to do it and uh i'm active every day on instagram and discord and yeah yeah hey make sure you follow uh true's backup account as well like star wars oh dude yeah star two wars, or something. Star wars. Dude too is also very yeah. uh if you want some more supplementary star there's some content. great content on there some more casual casual <laughs> content less uh less scheduled less formatted you know if you're into yep. that yeah definitely enjoyable definitely uh, your content is what i say yeah. <laughs> uh night plug away uh yeah so same as everyone else you can follow me on instagram at star wars freak underscore 99 um come for a good time and that's all i've got to say about that this is the way sweet uh guys once again massive thank you it's been great fun talking with you guys um yeah well ha- i'll have to have you all back on sometime because this was so much fun um you should all start your own podcast because you're all so interesting have great opinions um and yeah Thanks. uh yeah that's just wrap- motivated to do it yeah 100 <laughs> you've got to um but yeah that that's it for this week if you haven't already please drop a like comment rating or review depending on how you're listening and subscribe or follow the channel be sure to follow me on twitter and instagram at styles analyst i'll see you all sometime soon i honestly don't know when uh i'll probably take a break until the new year But uh, yeah, new podcast coming then. Uh, That wraps up this whole year, really. But as always, guys, thanks for listening and may the force be with you.